Welcome to Nathan's Freedom Zone. Today we have a very special guest, Anastasia Stooch. Did I pronounce your name? Anastasia Meslava. Where did I get the Stooch from? It's my nickname or one of my nicknames. Okay, well that's what it says on Facebook. So <laughs> here it says, um, so Anastasia is uh, a hardcore anarchist. She believes in the non-use of coercive force um, in all environments, and she really deeply understands the principles of freedom and natural law. She was a uh, guest at the Free Your Mind 5 conference this year, and I was there. I didn't actually meet Anastasia in person. I think she was only there for the last day of the conference. But uh, welcome to the show, Anastasia. Thanks for having me. Of course. So Anastasia has been involved a little bit with the Libertarian Party in Philadelphia. And how do you think everything's going as far as that political environment? And if they are, in fact, making any progress towards freedom, what is your perspective? Um, I definitely have a love-hate relationship, I guess, with politics this year. Um, the only reason that I got involved with the Libertarian Party was because of last year's election. Uh, before that, I didn't really pay attention to national politics. I have always paid attention to geopolitics because I was born and raised in Russia, and I think it's really important to know what's going on globally um, to you know to see where humanity is heading and to see what's going on in the world. Um, so that's why I got involved with the Libertarian Party. I just saw you know Trump and Hillary uh, kind of running their mouth and uh, promoting all of these principles that we're going to get this country and the rest of the world towards more towards a state of slavery. And I wanted to get involved with people who were fighting against that in any way possible. And that's kind of how I found the anarchist community as well through that. So in general, I think, I think it's going pretty well. I think we definitely got a lot of exposure last year because the two main parties were so polarizing and because our nation has become so politically polarized. So just the fact that libertarians are out there and the movement is growing and they're spreading the message is a good thing, um, whichever way that people want to spread the message. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, even Ron Paul himself, while I didn't think that, you know, the best place for a freedom and light worker was in government, he was sort of an old school politician and he always stayed true to the libertarian uh, principles and values, you know, up to a degree. He still, as far as I know, supported constitutional government, which uh, both of us probably understand that the Constitution has got some very dangerous fallacies embedded in it. So it's, we got to get past the whole idea of constitutionalism and even, you know, a limited government, which is what this country was sort of founded on, that we would limit the amount of slavery and it would be good. Where you either, it's really, you're either going towards freedom or you're, or you're a tent pitcher on the mountain of truth, as Mark Passio used to say. So, 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm actually reading a book called 1913 by Oliver DeMille. And um, he talks about the three main events that happened in 1913 that really moved America away from a path of freedom towards more of a road to slavery. And the three things um, that happened during those years were the non-ratification of the 16th Amendment, the ratification of the 17th Amendment, and of course the Federal Reserve Act. Um, the Constitution definitely has very good principles. Um, as an immigrant who came from a very, very communist country, I was actually born in the Soviet Union, um, coming to America, every immigrant has that idea of the American dream, that um, ability to you know pull yourself up by the bootstraps as they say and actually go out there and work really hard and be able to achieve a good life for yourself and your family so the constitution did for quite a while provide that kind of environment where government was limited but during those early 1900 years it got hijacked by the central bank and this ridiculous agenda to you know control every aspect and every facet of our life yeah, it's taken a very, very sharp down downhill turn ever since 1913. You're right. I understand the Federal Reserve uh, being passed in 1913, and I also understand the income tax. Uh, the amendment number 16 and 17, I'm not exactly familiar with what those amendments say. Is that the income tax or? So, yeah, the 16th Amendment was the income tax, and basically, you know, it took away um, – took away the money and the resources that families had to provide for themselves and to help their communities. And it gave it to the government so that it could, um, you know, create more laws and create more organizations that were going to intrude into our personal lives. And what the 17th Amendment did is um, what the Constitution originally called for is a separation of powers, right? Um, and a balance of powers between the Senate, the House, and the White House. Um, and the Senate used to, be a, used to be chosen by the states. So the states chose representatives that would go into the Senate and they would be the ones who would control the purse strings while the House of Representatives would bring in, bring in new laws or new ideas or new organizations that the government could um, then use to carry out its agenda. So what the 17th Amendment did is instead of the Senate being chosen by those state representatives, they started to be chosen by the people. And because of that, that separation of powers um, disappeared. So the House and the Senate essentially became the exact same organizations. And the people who were the business leaders and the industry leaders, the rich tycoons, and um, I guess at that time, sort of like the aristocrats, they instead of going to the Senate and serving the people in those positions, they started lobbying the government instead, and they started looking for power in the White House. Um, and that's probably one of the most dangerous things um, that, you know, that happened in our country. That's a very interesting point. I had never even heard any of that information my whole life. What I thought, I always thought it was kind of weird that they would have a House of Representatives and a Senate when it sounds, it does sound like they're the exact same thing, except the House has more representatives depending on how many people are in the state. I thought that was the only difference, and I was like, well, I don't know how people come up with this type of organization, but <laughs> whatever you say, you know, in high school when they 
indoctrinated me. This is actually gets to the bottom of one of the fundamental fallacies that are in that's in the Constitution that people need to forget about. The idea that you can have a separation of powers. What this is really saying is that you as a citizen have no power and we have taken all of your rights and powers and we split it up amongst ourselves. And as long as we separate the powers between us, that is fair. Even though you don't have any power, we've taken all of the power and we separate it into three groups and somehow that's fair and equal. When That's the fundamental fallacy as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, absolutely. It's really, um, I really want to educate people and it's really important to understand that power doesn't just come from positions of authority, whether that authority is government or academics or, um, you know, any other kind of, I guess, um, people or organizations that are put on a pedestal. Um, real power comes from inside each individual, and that power comes from being personally responsible for our thoughts, our words, and our actions. That's really where the true power lies, and people have forgotten that because they look for power outside of themselves, not really realizing that they have it in them the whole entire time, and are just not using it to their full potential. Well, and that's by design, and... The people who run the world, the powers that shouldn't be, they know they have to create psychological infancy and slavery in the citizens' minds using propaganda and trauma-based mind control on the micro level by putting people through coercive, traumatic, even on the micro level, like with public school, for example. From, From the time you're born in this society, you are told that you have to obey and that what you want to do in your life is not important. It's all that's important is how you can contribute to the system, basically. Yeah, it's, um, it's all about control and it's all about creating these little things that are just so frustrating. Anybody who's ever had to deal with government in any capacity, whether it's filling out paperwork, getting your passport, um, buying a car, uh, even, you know, even declaring what you make through your job to live and provide for your family. Everything that you do is just, just a tad annoying, just a tad frustrating. And that kind of builds psychologically and creates this state of constant frustration and anger. It's right. It's, it's energy robbing and they just, Add more and more ways to steal your energy and parasite it off and waste it on nonsense. I'll give you a perfect example. I tried to buy a suppressor for an AK-47. You know what a suppressor is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I tried to buy one on the internet about a year ago, and they have to fill out two forms of paperwork in order for that to happen. It's called a Form 3 and a Form 4. And the Form 3 is when you buy it on uh, the internet, like gunbroker.com is what I used. Mm-hmm. They have to fill out a Form 3 in, sh- in order to be able to ship it to your state to a licensed gun dealer. And then once that licensed gun dealer receives it, they have to fill out a Form 4 before they can give it to you. And you have to keep track of all this paperwork that shows that you actually own it for the rest of your life. And transferring it to a relative and if you die is another legal thing that requires all kinds of paperwork. But the crappy thing about this situation was... After I had ordered it on GunBroker, they told me for six months that the Form 3 hadn't came back yet. 
And it turns out they were, they were just mistaken. I called them back like five times. And it was, in, it was in Springfield where I live for six months at the gun store. And I didn't know it. And the gun store here didn't call me. And so when I finally figured it out, it was six months later and it had been sitting there. And then I had to fill out a form four and wait another six months. And it's been six months and, and then I've called them back and they were like, well, we're just now getting the paperwork and the okay back from a year ago. So I have to wait another six months. And this is just, just destroying the economy as far as a suppressor, you know, this specific micro economy, the suppressor market, people just don't want to go through that. And so how, if you're trying to have a business that sells safety equipment, because this isn't even about um, me trying to be an assassin or something, you know, so I, like you can't suppress an AK-47 to where people won't be able to hear it. It's just, just basic safety equipment so that you don't blow your ears out when you're trying to practice it. Because I tried it even with earplugs and big earmuffs mm -hmm. at the same time. And the AK-47 absolutely just hurt my ears, even with that. And so I was like, I can't even shoot it again until I get a suppressor. And here I am a year later, and I have to wait <laughs> another six months, all because of a bunch of government bureaucrats. And it's just a nightmare. I mean, they, they've got millions of people waiting for <laughs> suppressor paperwork. Yeah. Definitely. And um, the same thing happens not just with different products, but also with different activities that you want to do. Uh, this happens a lot with business regulations. You know, a couple of decades ago, you were able to, you know, learn about massage, maybe take a couple of classes and then open up your own either massage school or your own office where you could, you know, provide the service for people. Now you need a license and qualifications and continuing education and you have to pay fees and you have to do this and that. Um, same thing with simple jobs like haircutting. I mean, the, the amount of money that you have to spend to be able to cut other people's hair in your home is absolutely ridiculous. And this is preventing people from following that American dream, from being able to create their own company and their own business, to be entrepreneurs, to be self-sufficient and self-responsible, and to provide value to you know, their fellow human beings, their fellow brothers and sisters that are living just down the street. And instead, everybody is basically being funneled into this, um, you know, this wage slavery workforce where you're pushing papers and you're doing meaningless tasks that don't improve your life and don't improve the lives of the people around you. And I mean, isn't that what humanity is all about? Um, evolving to be better, um, creating new opportunities and new ways to enjoy life. I mean, we definitely have a lot of a better um, lifestyle than people in the 1800s or people in the 1900s. We have a lot of technology that makes our life very comfortable um, and very fun. But that doesn't mean that we should stop improving and start going backwards. It means that there are probably new ways and better ways of us to structure and organize our society so that everyone is able to follow their dream and everybody is able to find happiness and prosperity. Yeah, and you get you dig into the rabbit hole and then you start to realize that government has actually regulated and banned the types of technology that could have, you know, had us flying, you know, all the way to Philadelphia in five minutes with these UFOs that I, you know, I know they've got the UFOs. I've yeah. seen enough UFO research to be convinced that it's real. And um, I'm just waiting for my own UFO so that we don't have to <laughs> do everything over the internet and never actually meet in person. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I mean, and even even more simpler stuff like cars that run on water or electricity, um, those were suppressed for a very long time until you know Tesla came along and started kind of restarted the project for everybody. Yeah, and a lot of Tesla's most profound discoveries, like the free energy and the Warcliffe Tower. All of that was just smashed by the system and money powers. And uh, this is like something that humanity has to get over. And it's just a spiritual stage in our evolution. And as Mark Passio says, evolution is not always linear. Like if you are evolving in, in terms of technology and the number of people on the planet, but the people are devolving in terms of their ability to resist government and to stay detoxed, even on the physical level. I mean, if we allow this type of corruption to just continue unchallenged and we want to ignore it, which is the root word of ignorance, mm -hmm. we just want to ignore reality, then under natural law, there's we're going to be enslaved. And so really, this is just about taking responsibility again and standing up for your rights and telling um, people involved in government and people who still ideologically support government, at least putting the truth out to them so that they can hear it. And you don't have to be harsh or judgmental, you know, angry about it. You can. That's one one path to try but i think if, if you're getting the truth out somehow just start with that and you will you will uh evolve in your own truth telling ability you know the more practice you get you start to figure out what works for you and how to feel out certain people and how far you can take somebody and when someone's ready to be deprogrammed i've had a little bit of i've been doing it on facebook anastasia has been doing it really hardcore on facebook so this is actually her first podcast so congratulate her everybody Thank you. Um, yeah, I definitely agree. I do believe that anarchy is the next step in human evolution. And really what that means is when we all realize what is going on and we all realize that we have the power to change it, we're going to move towards a more peaceful society because really who wants to be aggressed upon? Nobody. But a lot of people seem to want to aggress on others. And that's definitely part of that whole brainwashing system of, you know, um, pushing violence at us through the media and actually through, um, you know, through recruiting people to join the military and to go out there and fight these ridiculous wars that all they do is just hurt people and don't really accomplish anything. I mean, I think the argument is that you have to go to war to maintain peace which just sounds absolutely ridiculous. Um, so this evolution that we're going through, you know, everyone does awaken at their different times. And through the awakening process, through realizing what the truth is, through understanding what the core problem and the core issue is, which is this system that government has created, or really even people above the government, because government is just a tool used by people who are even more powerful than that, the people who control the money, um, the people who control the Federal Reserve System, that um, once we realize that that's going on, you're going to get angry. You're going to get angry and you're going to scream and you're going to cry and you're going to say that it's unfair. And it's definitely, I think, part of the awakening process. But we can't be stuck in that kind of energy. We have to realize what the core problem is, understand it, discover the truth, and then move forward to evolve towards that more peaceful society.
Right, and it's nothing to be afraid of because there are so many people who are tired of the abuse and they're tired of living in, under a slave matrix, totalitarian police state. So many of us are tired of it that if you will do your share and just wake up and admit that something's got to change and that you're not having a good time here and it's not working for you, then you will find that you will quickly attract a very high-level support group that will make your old friends who still can't even see that government is slavery, it'll make them just look silly and then you won't even miss them. And you won't miss your old life where you didn't understand anything and you're just constantly stressed out and on the plane of effects and not causing what you want to, to be created. There's definitely times where knowing the truth is um, really hard. And there are definitely moments where I'm like, wow, I wish I didn't know all of this stuff. You know, they say that ignorance is bliss, um, which is also propaganda because ignorance is bliss, but ignorance is also evil. Because when you're ignoring reality and you're ignoring truth, you're usually hurting other people. Um, and, you know, none of us wants to be hurt. That's absolutely right. Ignorance is bliss is one of these inversions, as David Icke calls them, where it's a it's a mind control technique where they tell you the exact opposite of the truth and they just repeat it everywhere you hear and then you will believe it. So really ignorance is hell and there's nothing blissful about ignorance. The only bliss comes once you recognize everything and you have genuine good and happiness. You do, ignoring reality doesn't create bliss. That's just what the dark side, they just made that up and people, these little things, they're everywhere. Status have these little one-liners that justify every individual topic in their mind. They've just got this one-liner that they all, all of them know the one-liners. They're like, well, without government, there would be chaos. This is a good example. And that's why I love that the libertarian movement is creating our own one-liners to kind of um, reprogram people a little bit and to kind of show them the truth in these simple little bumper stickers. Austin Peterson is one of those libertarians who does that very well. You know, we all say taxation is theft, and that's a nice bumper sticker. What it really means is, hey, guys, we have this system that steals money from us and makes it sound like it's legitimate, right? Because they say that they're going to provide all of these services for us, except when you start digging deep down into it, they're not really providing these services. I mean, if the government collects all of this money, why do we still have potholes? Why do we have things like Flint, Michigan going on? You know, why is our water dirty and for, uh, and it has like fluoride in it and all of these chemicals? Why do we have food that tastes like plastic if all of these taxes are going to all subsidize all of these farmers? You know, you start looking into this and you're like, what services is this money really paying for? And then you realize that it's not services that it's paying for, it's paying for uh, secret government, black ops operations, and military bases across the world, and secret space programs, and all of these things that aren't really benefiting humanity, but they're definitely benefiting some people at the top who want to maintain that control and want to keep that money. Well, it's not even benefiting them, right? Because it's like enabling an addiction. They, these The people at the top are addicted to this evil behavior that they've been engaging in. and But for us to just continue allowing them to be the dominator is not helping them in any way. They've got to get over this in their spiritual development as well. So being an enabler, you know, for somebody who is violent, 
that's that's part of the problem and that's where a, a lot of Americans are and uh, more more one-liners go Mark Passio's good with one-liners one of his is uh, government of slavery that's one of his favorites I have a t-shirt he made that says that and uh, and government is mind control which actually is the definition of the word government which is crazy you never you know well, most people don't really look into it but then when you actually look at what the word means in um, you know it's ancient Latin logical yeah way it does mean mind control and that's yeah. exactly what it is it's a tool again used by these people who want to be in control of everything to um, to create the system that brainwashes us to believe that they're the good guys while really they are the most horrible, scariest, most evil psychopaths on the planet. And yeah, they do everything in secrecy. And because of that, most of us aren't realizing what is actually going on. It's a big mafia. And not, it's worse than the old mafia because what the new mafia – I mean, this goes back thousands of years. I mean, this, this is bigger than any type of mafia. What they have done is taken mafia techniques – and then they've wrapped psychological mind control into it so that people are hypnotized into not even perceiving it as brutal domination. And that's what really separates government from other forms of organized crime is that government pretends that it is not crime. And they try to redefine all the words and they make up new words like jurisdiction, which means juris in Latin means right or law and dictare in latin means to say so what like dictate so what the word jurisdiction means is we get to make up whatever right and wrong is and what <laughs> yeah 1984 double speak it's definitely real um you know they say that george orwell actually met some of the people who attended bilderberg meetings and um, he knew a lot about this agenda, and the only way that he could really warn humanity was to write a fictional story about it. Um, and it gets dark. Um, but as, you know, I didn't get a chance to read it in high school. I only ended up reading it a couple of years ago. And it just was the world written down in a fiction book. Not as bad as the actual story goes yet, but definitely a lot of parallels that freedom is slavery and war is peace. And uh, knowledge is ignorance. Those are the three, you know, cornerstone bumper stickers within 1984. And that's exactly what's happened. They've turned truth into lies and knowledge into ignorance. And they say that war is really peace. It's keeping us safe. And, um, you know, all of, all, of these, all of these little things that people just accept as is because we're conditioned to since we're, um, since we're really young. And another terrible thing about 1984 – one of the main themes in the book is a guy who is brutally dominated by the slave system and is constantly being ordered around and is constantly in fear. And he has supp suppressed sexual hangups because the system has designed it so that men and women are separated. And when, what, one of the storylines in the book is that he meets a woman who loves him and uh, helps him to feel at least a little bit of happiness. And what happens? The government spies on them and somehow it's not legal or something for them to just skip work mm -hmm. right and so the government comes and kidnaps them and then tortures them and, and mind controls them again and then at the end of the book they see each other again after being mind controlled 
And I think a funny parallel about the book is that at the beginning, they brought up the guy has these suppressed memories of government mind controlling him in the past to erase his memory. And then it goes through the story in the book. And then at the end, it happens again. But he learns the lesson that the dark side wanted him to learn, which is after, okay. after they had both been abused, they see each other again. And they just don't, they're like, yeah, we're not going there. Not, I don't even, I have so much trauma now that I can't even go there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like um, trying to destroy, trying to destroy love, which is probably the most sinful action in this entire universe. Mm-hmm. And it goes, the rabbit hole goes deep because why would anybody want to destroy the bond between men and women? One, one of the uh, side effects of this is that there will be less people in the future. If you can separate men and women in little cages, they won't be able to reproduce and then you can reduce the population. And does that not fit right in with some of these uh, Bilderberg types and Bill Gates, for example? Saying the world's overpopulated? Yeah, of course, because it's a lot easier to control a small group of people versus controlling 300 million or 8 billion people, yeah, which is so what they really want. They want a global um, political system, they want a global financial system, and they want a global religion so that everyone is the same. And a lot of the ideologies um, that they send out there through these different uh, media agendas promote that kind of world. Um, feminism, for example, that's that's the agenda to divide men and women and to depopulate, um, you know, birth control, abortions, normalizing all of these things, and basically creating a social um, idea that, you know, children are a burden and children are bad and nobody wants to have children. You won't have freedom to do whatever you want. And why would you want to be with men as a woman? Because they're all violent and terrible and abusive. You know, um, ideologies like communism, which pretends to be all about community, but really it's about giving the government more power and control over all of our resources so they can dictate who gets what. And the reason that they want to do that is because they want to give that stuff to people who are worshiping them, who are, you know, in their eyes, the good people, the ones who are obeying, and take away the resources from people who don't want to obey. Um, I mean, this is exactly what happened in the Soviet Union. If you weren't part of the party, and uh, my dad went through this because he refused to join because he's always seen it for what it was, they wouldn't let, they barely let him graduate high school. They wouldn't let him get an apartment. They wouldn't let him get a job. They wouldn't let him go to college. They wouldn't let him get a master's degree, all because in their eyes, he was the bad person because he didn't agree with the government control that was going on in the Soviet Union at the time. And the same thing is happening in Cuba, and the same thing is happening in Venezuela. Um, and, you know, they, they push these economic, political, and social systems to, one, divide us, and two, to control us. And um, it's all, you know, it's all very negative, but I think it's really important to bring these things, these issues, to the center, because even though the truth community and the libertarian community and the anarchist community are growing, we're still, like, not even 1% of the world population. And 
more of us need to come out and start being vocal about these things so that we reach this threshold where more and more people are starting to realize what's going on and then we can actually start coming together and creating solutions and that's really what we want to focus on but to be able to create a solution you need to know what the actual problem is um, and our, our society is so set on treating symptoms all the time um, in our healthcare system and in our political system that, um, that we're not even realizing what is actually wrong. So first, diagnose the actual problem, not the symptoms, and then create a solution for it. And that's, that's what anarchy is all about. Yeah, and a big, a big part of the mind control agenda is to hide the root cause of all these problems. Let's take a break, Anastasia, and we'll continue part two. Great. All right, so we're back, and uh, Anastasia was just telling me about how she's sort of been always awake to a degree because, you know, having a dad who grew up in abusive communism in Russia, moving to America, I bet you her dad was able to recognize the foundations for totalitarianism that were being laid in real time, you know, in the last hundred years. Of course, they, they probably weren't near as bad as it was back then in Russia, but we're fast forward to today, and it's just been the totalitarian tiptoe for 100 years. And so, uh, Yeah, um, my dad, you know, my dad grew up in the Soviet Union and had always seen it for what it was because my family has always kind of seen those things for what they were. It's, a, um, it's a, definitely a generational knowledge that gets passed down from person to person. Um, so we have a little bit of an advantage there. Uh, but, you know, even after he moved this to America as the land of opportunity and the land away from communism because he was, you know, trying most of his life he was just trying to escape the oppression and the tyranny. And um, then he decided that he didn't want his children to live in such a system and moved us here. And right around 2007, um, when I graduated high school, and then like 2008, 2009, he uh, was like, I don't think I'll be living in America anymore. And he's like, this is becoming the next Soviet Union. He's like, I'm not going through that again. And he kind of stayed in Russia. And a lot of people think still in America that Russia is this communist country, um, but it's really not. It's such a vast, vast nation that the government definitely has its reach and it definitely controls a lot of things, but there is places that you can still be free and still be uninhibited by government. Uh, there are less roads, but <laughs> that also means that there are less cops that are going to follow you on these roads and, you know, make your life miserable or extort you for money. True that. And that's one of these one-liners that the statists always have, you know, without government, who would build the roads? And I personally am kind of sick of roads myself because, you know, all it is is poison that they dump out over the nature and then everything becomes this lifeless city that is you know a little bit eerie me and chance on the interverse podcasts this week we're talking about how it's kind of eerie when i stay home a lot because i don't have a nine to five job thank god so when i leave my house during the day and go into the neighborhood there's like nothing going on it's like a dead zone and it's just it gets a little eerie you know there's no community everybody's divided by these imaginary lines that the government made up in the banks called property lines and then going back to 1913, which we brought up earlier, the property tax, that was another thing introduced along with income tax and uh, I guess the House and of Representatives thingy and everything. But 
What else is on your mind, Anastasia? Um, uh, I mean, just in general, I think um, I think what I want to say the most is that being being in this community of people who are seeking to um, better themselves and to be moral and to help others come to the truth has been a really amazing experience. And I'm really, really grateful to have met all of these people, people like you and um, people that I work with uh, through, you know, um, I'm involved in a couple of different projects right now. Uh, one of them is I am helping out as much as I can with the Libertarian Party of Cuba and the Libertarian Movement of Venezuela. Um, both countries that have just been destroyed by socialism and communism. Um, and the man leading the charge in the U.S. is Zach Foster, um, who is a member of the Libertarian Party of Nevada. And he's just amazing. He's been helping the Cubans and the Venezuelans put together campaigns and try to educate their, um, you know, their neighbors and their families about free market solutions and about better political systems and, in general, freedom and liberty um, principles. Um, another thing that I'm involved in is um, we are throwing an end the Fed block party in Philadelphia this fall on September 9th. Um, so everybody, please come out if you're on the East Coast and if you feel like taking a trip out to the city of brotherly love and the city where freedom really first rang in America, where the Constitution was signed and the Declaration of Independence. Um, we're going to you know, just really educate people on what the Federal Reserve does. Um, it's a central bank that is neither federal and it does not have any reserves. And really what it is is a private corporation that controls our nation's money. Instead of our government controlling it, they control it, which means they can buy the politicians and the industry leaders and all of the business tycoons. Um, and that's really the problem, you know. Give. It's a big, big, big part of the problem, the money system. This is what's keeping everyone in fear and in ignorance. I mean, how are you going to learn about all of this corruption and stuff when the only thing you have time to do is go to work to pay rent so that order followers don't kick you out on the street? And that's what a lot of the solution is, is for it's not even changing the people at the top who control it. It's like everybody who's giving their energy into this system, even down to the taxpayer. I mean, it's hypocritical for me to say because I paid taxes this year. So I got a little bit of karma in there too, but yeah. all of this, all of this has got to change and we can't rely on politicians to do it. And we can't rely on the libertarian party or, you know, whoever else it's, it's us that is has to set ourselves free as a community. And I like what you said about it being really refreshing to be involved with people who actually understand liberty and freedom and are actually trying to do something to correct these problems. Mm -hmm. Like at the Free Your Mind conference and at the In the Fed rallies, like the one that's going to be uh, In the Fed block party, it sounds like. Very yeah, right in front of the Federal Reserve building. That's that's a good thing to do because the mainstream uh, doesn't give much coverage to issues like this, and sometimes people, you know, might forget, you know, the sheeple. I mean, they might forget that the Fed is still a problem. And then, like, I remember in the Fed rallies were big about four or five years ago, but I hadn't really heard much recently. And maybe that's how some of the mainstream news are. If they see in the Fed block party, they'll be like, in the Fed is that 
it's, I thought, are they just crazy? I mean, this was like five years old. Uh, is the Fed? <laughs> well, it still hasn't been audited. Most people still don't know what's going on. Most people are still uh, stuck in what um, we call the financial matrix of this debt slavery, where you are um, borrowing all of this money. And because the economy is stagnant, and the inflation keeps going up and the cost of living keeps going up while wages stagnate. We have this environment where you keep borrowing and then you're never able to pay back. And that's where all of these banks catch you with the interest and that's how they make their money. And it's a whole big scam that the American people didn't even realize was you know, happening to them until the Federal Reserve Act came about and actually happened. And now 100 years later, we're just starting to figure it out. And that's why it's so important to spread this message and to talk to people about this financial matrix and to talk to people about what the Federal Reserve really is and to provide alternative, um, alternative means of trading and alternative economies. For example, we're going to have um, the Philadelphia Bitcoin meetup group vending at the event, and they're going to teach people about alternative currencies. That's great. I'm going to be involved in alternative currencies myself. Uh, there's a group called the Something Sovereign Collective, Collective that, you know, there's so many different coins coming out. One of the ideas that I've been involved with is having asset-backed cryptocurrencies. Like, you, it'll have a centralized place where you could trade in the currency for land or, or gold or whatever. I mean, that's sort of similar to how the Fed started, but Ultimately, we're trying to just move to freedom, and if we can get off of U.S. dollars, if we can get off of that onto Bitcoin or something else, the amount of karma that we will be, uh, you know, no longer obtaining on a daily basis, just, you know, U.S. dollars pay for some of the most nasty stuff that nobody wants to look at, except the psychopaths who are doing it. Right. So, we, just, we can work our way off of that. That's, you know, a step in the right direction. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, there's definitely lots of things that we can do um, to, you know, to, to educate people on these issues and to provide alternative ways to, um, you know, to, to break the system, really. Um, we don't, there's no need to be violent about it. There's no need to be forceful about it. The truth really does set you free and um, being peaceful really can accomplish things. And it's all about being you know, it's all about working smart, not working hard. So it's all about creating these new technologies or creating new avenues. I mean, humans, humans in general are amazing, resilient, intelligent geniuses. Um, we're compassionate creatures full of love and creativity. And we can accomplish anything that we put our minds to. Uh, we just need to, like I said earlier, to find that power inside of us and to create this new reality and new world that we really want to see. Um, and that's why I really love this community because that's what a lot of the people in it are working towards. Yeah, and you're doing a very great job of influencing the world in a much better way. You've really stepped up using your voice uh, on the podcast for the first time. This, <laughs> I, you need the practice so that you, you, know, you can get it out more often because I think you're making a very, very nice guest on the podcast and uh, everything's sounding good, at least to me, coming out. So. <laughs> fun and I'm really excited to step out because I started on social media and that's where I really started having a voice and started talking about these issues 
and I got over my fear of being disliked by people. I got over my fear of looking stupid or sounding stupid because I, you know, I research all the time and I learn these things and I may not get everything right, but I think I'm pretty close um, on a lot of points and really understand the kind of the big picture of what's going on. So I do want to share that with people and, you know, I disagree a lot with my friends, but the core, the core beliefs are there um, and the core morals and principles are there, which is really the foundation of our society or should be the foundation of our society. We've kind of lost it a little bit along the way and I want to bring that back. And um, I really enjoy now stepping out of that really social media circle and starting to really take my words and turn them into actions. And um, one of the other projects that I'm involved with is I'm um, starting, I've started my own business and I'm helping people get out of debt, make more money and pay less taxes. And it's really a way to get together with people one-on-one -on -one and really show them that there is a better way um, to, you know, to create their life. They don't have to be stuck in this nine-to-five job. They don't have to constantly be living paycheck to paycheck. They can get out of this matrix system and out of financial debt. They can create income for themselves that will support them and give them freedom to do what they want and to follow their passion. And um, we have great products, books, and audio seminars that teach people how to be confident, how to become leaders, how to become entrepreneurs, how to become better partners for their significant others, better parents for their children, and really gain that confidence and find that beautiful, beautiful like spark of God that we all have inside of us and let it shine and let our actions just, just transform the world towards that evolutionary anarchy. That's great. And I think by becoming aware of the problems and the threats, it actually provides motivation to really motivate you to work extra hard and to channel in the universe will, will help you and give you extra energy because it, it's looking for people who actually can see it. And then it'll just bring stuff that, that it's got like extra, you know, male energy to, to do more exercise because the amount of stuff that you got to do just to stay afloat in this society, it's just a ridiculous challenge. It's a drain. And part of the way of overcoming it is to just do it. You know, you get, just practice doing it and meditate. And you, you, once you see how serious it is, you get, you get a little bit more serious in your just day-to-day activity and, and that doesn't mean you never have time for fun or for resting and stuff that's that's half of it you have to do those things or you or you won't be able to maintain it but it's, i know i create a better world it's fun yeah it's fun to create a better world it is it makes your life into an adventure even just talking with somebody on facebook and deprogramming it pramming them i do that i've actually commented on a few of anastasia's posts because i notice if you're doing things right, you will occasionally be called by an ignorant person. You will occasionally be called a, a child or they will just start name calling you with, you know, acting like a, a child is what they're doing. But, but if you're not occasionally being called a child or an idiot, that probably means you're not having a strong enough effect, at least in my experience, because uh, that's one of the most common ones they'll throw yeah. at you. Yeah, um, I did. I did a little bit of spiritual and energetic work a couple of years ago after I got out of college, and I used to post a lot of very positive things and very uplifting things and motivational things. And I would get like one like, maybe no likes or 
one comment, you know? And then I started speaking about the really hard stuff. And all of a sudden, all these people came out and had everything to say about it. You know, oh, you're not being you know, nice enough or this or that and, you know, name calling. And I, I work and I try very, very hard not to attack people. I attack ideas and That's ideologies good. and religions and um, philosophies because attacking people and calling them names doesn't really do anything. It just means that you either don't understand the subject that you're talking about or you're just an asshole. Well, <laughs> you know... I've tried a, a, an approach that my approach is similar, but I've almost explored the idea of taking it down to like the South Park slapstick level. Only I only go there when I'm dealing with a person who already went there. So if I'm dealing with somebody who is already starting to call me a child and, and act like an idiot, then I just, I stoop down to their level. And because I'm so much higher above their level, I can stoop down to their level and beat them at their level. And then that's when I get into the right brain personal attacks and making it very personal and insulting to them. But I only go there when I'm dealing with a person who is rude in the first place. And I actually think that it, to me, I, it's, it seems like it's productive because it just shows them that, that I'm stronger than them. And that if they want to play like a little child, I'll just play like a child and then make them look even more stupid. I don't know. That's one of my strategies, but <laughs> I just let people's comments stand. Um, and I try, you know, I constantly try to take the high road, um, because it's hard and it's rewarding. Um, I really do think taking the high road is very rewarding, but in general, like it's, um, in, in like for me personally, it's a little bit of waste of my time to get into these, you know, little arguments and tips about the person because I don't, I don't want to insult them really. I just want them to see the truth. And if they're not going to see it, then I'm like, well, you're not ready, dude. That's fine. I'm going to go off and talk to people who are ready. That's right. That's right. You're very, you're very smart about that. I know you're doing good work on Facebook at least and now in on podcasts. So good job. Thank you. I actually deprogrammed two people this week on Facebook. That's awesome. Yeah, it seemed like at the very end after, I, I have to find a balance with it because I've, I was starting to get distracted from my real world, worldly duties, like trying to do landscaping while at the same time being on Facebook for four hours, working on one person. I worked on a guy for four hours. Wow. Yeah, and at the very end, he actually agreed it with me. I actually got, it's, it sounded like I legitimately got him out of statism and onto the side of the anarchist. That's awesome. It took a lot of time and depending on if the per the way that I knew I was making progress is because he kept coming back for more. He kept mm -hmm. engaging me and asking the questions. So I just kept following down that. I think it's better to do this in person. So I, you know, I'm trying to find the right balance and stuff. I think I got, yeah, what, somebody actually helped me with this. What they said was I need to just have a set amount of time a day that I dedicate to just Facebook and then when I'm trying to do something in the real world, then leave Facebook alone because I, I ended up getting too distracted and I couldn't focus on my real world stuff. And I actually, it manifested itself when I dropped a bottle of this Chiaga mushroom extract medicine that I had been given for free. I had dropped mm -hmm. it and I know it was connected to the fact that I was Facebooking for four hours and I was totally distracted. So, so maybe it helped heal me mentally, even though I uh, symbolically just wasted it on the concrete. It sort of made me question everything I did that day. And I was like, 
Yeah, it's got to be the Facebook. <laughs> so. Our lessons sometimes come um, come in like the weirdest, weirdest, strangest way, and that's the beauty of the universe. Everything, everything on this planet is so wonderful, despite what um, what the controllers want to do to us. Despite that, humanity always perseveres in the most amazing ways, and the universe always opens up these beautiful paths for us to follow, um, as long as we're paying attention. And it's really when you get on the side of truth, that's when your life becomes a magical adventure and the universe shows itself how divinely intelligent it is to you. Absolutely. And, uh, well, when you're searching the truth, that definitely is a very, very high calling. And also because you're searching for truth, you are following the natural laws. You're figuring out how reality actually works and how our world really works. And um, I want to say, first of all, that truth is absolutely knowable and discoverable. Absolutely. It's not this it's not this weird, crazy, you know, thing out there that you could never find and it's so hard to find. No, like it shows up in humanity all the time. If you read books or go through history, the truth continuously, continuously shows up as a pattern and we can absolutely discover it and know it and live it as well. Um, so out there, you know, if you guys are ever discouraged, don't give up because you can find the right information and you're going to fumble and you're going to be led astray and you're going to believe in the lies. Um, but eventually, as long as you don't give up and you keep fighting um, for the truth and looking for it, it's going to come to you. And um, when you when it comes to you and you start following natural law, you become synchronized with the universe and you are working with it and it's there to help you and guide you forward. Um, when you are working against natural law, or you're not accepting it or you're ignoring it, that's when all the bad things happen to you. That's okay. And it's actually really easy. I was just talking to somebody about it today. Um, bad people seem to create really bad situations for themselves. You know, if you're, if you're doing something immoral that you know is wrong and you're hurting other people, that comes back to you. Um, and very, very often, but if you try to live, um, as a, you know, you try to live within natural law and with natural law and with the universe, none of that bad stuff really happens as much. Yes. You go through hard lessons and, you know, nobody is immune to disaster or accidents or emergencies or, you know, unpleasant experiences, but one, you get through them a lot faster, and two, they have less of an impact on you. A, a big part of it is becoming sensitive and listening to the spirit, and uh, the spirit, the divine spirit, what it wants, it'll, it'll sort of lead you on a micro level every day to where, what you need to be putting your energy into. And if you look out, especially for red flags, is what I call them, I saw one uh, last night, for example, or the night before I had friends over, and a girl found a baby brown recluse in my bathroom on a towel and she pointed it out and then I was, it started to hit me. I was like, brown recluse, where did that come from? And then uh, it stayed in my mind and then later the, the other guy that was here, I opened this like pot growing tent I have that I use for microgreens and wheatgrass. Mm -hmm. I opened it and there was like 18 brown recluses in there and they were stuck to a... Uh, upside down piece of duct tape that was in there because I had used duct tape in it. And this was a red flag from the universe. Mm -hmm. And so what happened was this grow tent should have been taken down like five months ago because I stopped using it, but I didn't take it down. And there were other things in my life that needed some attention, like the garage. I had moved into my house a year ago 
and my grandpa's stuff was in there and I still had some stuff in there. So yesterday I really cleaned out my whole garage real fast because I knew that that red flag means that there are stuff that is required of me to do right now. And if I don't do it, then there's going to be negative consequences. And that's sort of where humanity's at as far as all these government red flags like Pizzagate and uh, fluoride and all this other stuff. It just means you got to get off your ass and stop watching TV and eating, eat, drinking fluoride when you know it's in there you, you, and you're still drinking the tap water. That's a red, you know, the government or the spirit is trying to tell you not to drink fluoride anymore. So do it and then you'll be much better off. And, and uh, to jump off of that, actually, um, there are also white flags out there that come up in your path when, um, you know, when you start discovering the truth. Uh, for example, like I have really been struggling with my business and really struggling with my confidence for the last couple of months. Um, I just kind of like fell into a little bit of a rut and wasn't really doing as much as I thought I should be. And then I went to this wonderful leadership convention with my entire team and um Tim Ballard, who is a former CIA agent who created the um, operation Underground Railroad, he rescues kids from sex trafficking, from being um, kidnapped, and from uh, organ harvesting. And he came out on stage and he talked about his experience of rescuing these children who were basically being sold and raped and killed for organs um, down in Haiti and also down in Colombia. And he came out there on stage and he talked about it and it really just like re-energized and re-inspired me in my business. And I was like, I want to create this. I want to create residual income. I want to create wealth so that I can use that money for good because really all that money is as a tool and bad people are going to do bad things with a lot of money and good people are going to do a lot of good things with a lot of money. And um, because of that, like that white flag was right there. Like, Oh my gosh, I've been you know following the pizza story and it's probably the subject that is the hardest for me to talk about, especially when anytime you bring it up, people constantly attack you as a conspiracy theorist and saying that you're crazy and it's not happening because they want to avoid it because the truth is so terrible and horrible, they don't want to believe it. But the point is you have to go out there and you have to research and you have to find the facts and then you have to use relational thinking and um, come to you know reasonable and logical and common sense conclusions based on all of that information. I mean, satanic rituals have been going on forever. Um, there are tons of government officials that have already been arrested in other countries for pedophilia and for all of these, um, you know, kind of really just vile, vile activities. I wanted so, to get, oh, go ahead. Yeah, so to say that it's not true is um, crazy, but it was out there and our company is going to be doing um, a push-up contest to raise money for Tim Ballard's organization so that they have the funds to go out there and rescue more kids. And that's, and that's amazing. That's a really fun way to do it, a push-up contest. I would do that, yeah. even though I'm not that good at push-ups. It would be I'm a good practicing. workout. I'm practicing. I have like three months until the end of October, and I'm practicing every day for the children so that that's, I can, you know, actually like, create money. <laughs> Did you think of that, or was that a team effort? Or No, that was um, our, you know, our basically leaders within our organization invited Tim out, and we partnered with um, under Project Underground Railroad, and... Um, one of, one of the guys came up and he's like, we planned this and this is what we're going to do. And 
There was about 15 to 20,000 people at this leadership conference. And we all stood up. We were all in tears. And we were cheering. And all of us are talking about it now. And we're really excited. Everyone's practicing. And there's, like, competitions going on between, you know, different people being like, oh, I'm going to do more push-ups than you will. And it's just it's a, it's a fun way um, to help with a very, very serious, serious situation. Yeah, excellent work with that because that is the right organization. This is much more productive than like the Susan K. whatever Breast Cancer Foundation that actually just is part of the problem as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, very, very excited. And I can't, I can't wait. It's, it's going to be great. And we're, you know, it's, it's for a really, really good cause that touches my heart on a very, very deep level. Well, you sold me on it. Um, so I hope that I hope you guys raise like a hundred billion trillion dollars. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> you will. What do you think? Uh, should we continue on, or how do you feel? All right. Well, so one of my favorite teachers. Actually, I wanted to get your take on this question on a philosophical level. Do mm -hmm. you think that evil exists? Um, I think that's like a multifaceted question. Um, you know, you have to get into duality, you have to get into different dimensions. Yes, good and evil absolutely exist on our plane of reality. Um, but as you kind of go up in energetic levels and go up within your ascension process, those lines get a little bit blurred. Because, um, because of this polarity that we have in a third dimensional world, in this physical world, um, it, it's definitely very, very pronounced, and it definitely exists, and it's absolutely real. But as you get up into the levels, you realize that some of the bad things and the evil things out there are actually meant to teach us something, and some of those lessons are very hard. But like, you know, for example, when you go through, you know, heartbreak, um, what you, the lessons that you can get out of that kind of negative, negative, awful experience are absolutely beautiful. You can learn forgiveness. You can learn unconditional love. You can learn to respect yourself more um, or to love yourself more. Um, and you can, all of these beautiful things come out from the challenges and from the struggles that we face. Um, of course, there is also, um, you know, real evil out there, like demonic energies and, um, you know, people who, who partake in these, in these vile activities like sex trafficking uh, children or, um, you know, or just bombing, bombing innocent people across, you know, across the ocean, etc. Yeah. Or enslaving us with the Federal Reserve and everything else. I yeah. really like that answer. I brought it up because I, a person that I know tries to tell me that there is no such thing as evil. And I'm just thinking about it. And I'm like, wow, what is she talking about? So <laughs> maybe if she listens, she will hear your answer on that one. But I would agree that as you go up into the higher realms, there is no evil because the people have converged and agreed on what the truth and they've learned it for themselves. And that's really the only way out of evil is to become more in harmony with natural law and learn all more and more and more lessons as you go. And then things get more and more pleasant and, I think what evil is, is just the choice that the universe has given you of what you want to do with your creative potential. And if you choose certain things, the evil things, the, the universe has set itself up so that you always receive negative and painful 
consequences as a learning experience so that you can continue making your choices and remember from the past what happened when you went down that evil path and then you'll second guess and you're like, well, do I really want to go back down that path? I don't think I do. And that's when you go to, that's when you ascend is when you decide that, you know, we're done with the evil path and, and we're done with government and we're done with Federal Reserve and military and police and all of it's going to, we're, we're, we're on the right path now. And since me and you have already agreed on this and chance, the first step is when you yourself realize it. Mm-hmm. That's the first step. And I, we've already done that. So we're well on our way out. Yeah, I have two points. Um, one is that I just want to say all of these things are actually really, really simple. You know, um, there's humans really like to overcomplicate things, but they're really simple. The only difference between good and evil is one thing. When you're doing good things, they're consensual. That means you have the consent of all parties to do whatever it is that you're doing. And if you're doing something evil, that means that you are breaking consent and you are doing something unconsensual. And this, you know is true across the entire universe and across all dimensions and across all levels. So on an energetic level, say you're, well, let's start with the physical. If you're on a physical level and you physically hurt somebody, you are doing something to them that they did not consent to because people don't want to be pushed or shot or stabbed, you know, or raped or any of those things. That's all. You're just breaking consent and you're doing something to them that harms them. You can also do the same thing through words. You can harm somebody mentally by manipulating them in some way, lying, um, coercion, fraud. Um, And then you can do the same thing on an energetic level. Say you're practicing magic and you're doing a ritual to um, a love spell. Say you're doing a love spell, right? And if you do the love spell and you try to force some person to love you and to have affection for you and you bring that energy forth and you try to push that energy on them, that's evil because it's unconsensual. They did not consent to loving you. But if you do a magical ritual of love that basically says, I'm thinking of this person, you know, I want this person to have these kind of qualities for me. I want to find my partner, my soulmate. You know, I want him to be funny and kind and intelligent and this and that, and you just bring that energy in for you towards yourself, you're doing something that's consensual because you're not forcing on any other person that's real, but you're just bringing this energy in to maybe lead you to that person who meets the qualities that you want in a significant other. Yes, that's very, very beautiful, Anastasia. And I've been working on myself with those, um, cleaning up my internal emotions because for the longest time, I was walking around with lots and lots of sadness and frustration and anger, and I had to take care of bad habits first. And before I could even do either of those things, I had to learn the, what the truth was about a lot of this and how the universe even works about laws of attraction. And, you know, your thoughts, emotions, and actions actually do matter. And the things that you put out into the universe come back around instantly. I mean, in the occult way, they come instantly. In the the physical way, it can be less obvious. But so you've actually touched on one of the the main solutions to the slave system is part of it is based on people's consent. Mm -hmm. I mean, the slave system, of course, overrides people's consent all the time, but they rely on this mind control where they trick the majority of people into consenting into all of this nonsense that doesn't even make sense. Things like representation, the idea that a person can actually 
represent someone else's views accurately is really, I don't even think, eternally a valid concept because, I mean, the amount of stuff I had to go through to even come to my viewpoint mm-hmm. for another person to claim, especially when, against my will, Mm-hmm. When you remove consent, then the entire idea of representation is just nonsense. So whenever yeah. I, I just say, nobody, I don't consent to anyone representing my views. Right. And that's we're part all, of the solution there. Yeah, we're all unique individuals, and that's, that's what makes us so um, perfect and imperfect. <laughs> and um, it's beautiful. I don't, I don't need anybody else to for me I have my own voice you know and you have your own voice everybody has their own voice it's it's silly to think that somebody else could speak for you um, they could yeah. speak to you they could speak with you you can agree or disagree on things but they can't you know they can't bring your emotions and your being um, through themselves into the world only you can do that this is another one of those fundamental ideologies, the tenets of the belief of statism that go back to the Constitution, the idea that representation in government is even a valid concept in the first place. I mean, these are some of the the root mental viruses that have to be weeded out. And then you get into things that are more deep and personal, like toxicity in your body that causes people not to be able to see things clearly. Um, then you get into self-hateful emotions. And by fixing this stuff in your own microcosm, which is really the thing that you have the most control over, yeah, that's, that's going to help the rest of humanity because that's just a little bit less karma that is being put out. And then you can channel your energy into things that help other people out. And it's called the great work. That's what mm-hmm. Passio and the alchemists call it. And Yeah. If you want to change the world, you have to change yourself. I mean, this is, you know, an old adage in humanity. You want to change everything around you, you must start with yourself. And that's really the hardest thing. Changing yourself is very, very hard. You have to be self-aware and you have to continuously be diligent to be, um, to take that high road and to stop yourself from doing spiteful things towards people and mean-spirited things towards people and unconsensual things towards people and also um, have a little bit of humility as well. Right. Being able to admit that you were wrong Mm -hmm. and then change the behavior takes a lot of courage. And for some people, it means big changes in their life. Like a police officer, you know, they might have been mind-controlled their whole life and it might have been a family gig and maybe their family is attached to that role and for them to just rebel against it even if, you know, their dad is their overseer at work or something. And, you know, I'm just the deputy, but my dad's the sheriff and he tells me what to do and I just do it. But now that you've, now that you've learned the truth, you might need to develop some courage to admit at least to yourself when you hear it. That's the first step is in your own mind, start to start to recognize that the whole thing was nonsense and, if you, if you keep being honest with yourself and feeling the emotions and not running from them, eventually you'll get out of the situation, even if it is a, a dangerous situation and that you got that, that took you forever to get into that bad situation. Once you recognize it for what it is, that's the first step to getting out of it. And uh, there's nothing really to be afraid of, I don't think. I don't think so either. Just, you know, just be brave. There really is... Uh, I don't like I don't even think death is the worst thing that can happen. 
you know, when you're when you're seeking truth and when you're following your purpose and when you're passionate about your cause, or you're passionate about your life. Um, there's really nothing that can hurt you. And when you are, when you like I said, when you start being in tune with natural law in the universe, then the universe starts protecting you, and all of the bad things that happen to you start diminishing. Right. And then you see all of the good within the challenges. And you also become less afraid of death because when you get on the right path and you're at least uh, trying and trying to find out the truth and trying to optimize everything in your life, you, you start to become less afraid of death because at least in my opinion, when you die, your life and consciousness just continues somewhere else mm -hmm. that the environment you go into is based on the progress that you either have made or you haven't made on this realm and once you start making a whole bunch of progress and it starts manifesting itself then you just get encouraged and it's a positive feedback loop instead of a negative feedback loop yeah and anyone can do it there is nobody out there there's not a single human out there that is too stupid or too mean or too bad to not be able to change their life around and and follow a better path even even the controllers have a chance at redemption and I'm not talking about religious redemption, you know, like heaven and hell and, and Christianity or whatever it is. Um, really just redemption of turning your life around and bringing all of those positive qualities into your life and working hard to change yourself and then turning away from that hate, negativity, violence, and um, control aspects and turning towards things like helping people. Honestly, serving people and helping people is probably one of the most rewarding things out there. Um, there's nothing more rewarding than seeing somebody's face light up because you have brought happiness into their life. Uh, beautifully well put, Anastasia. And speaking of stopping doing things against people's consent, my bladder has removed consent for me to be <laughs> sitting here. So, we either, why don't we just take another break and if afterwards maybe we can wrap it up or if you want to continue, we'll do that. But yeah, yeah we, we were just talking about the feminism agenda and how Anastasia is going to be on another podcast talking about it with a libertarian party in Philadelphia. So what is your opinion about the feminist uh, movement slash agenda? Well, for one, I think it's filled with lies, <laughs> a lot of them, and I feel like it has weakened um, the freedom that women have had. Just There's just so many misconceptions about the oppression, and I'm putting in quotes, of women throughout the ages. Um, women, first of all, are the gatekeepers of sex and the gatekeepers of morality as well. Um, wives and mothers used to be the moral compass within the family structure because they were the ones who were constantly um, taking care of and nurturing the innocence of the children, right? So, I mean, when, when you just get around children, you, you see all of this light and love in them and this wonder, and um, they're just so amazing that you really, you really can't do anything but um, find the nurturing part of yourself and the kindness in yourself to be able to help them and guide them along their their um, path of life. And so women used to be the center of that kind of universe. And women have always, um, you know, tried to find resources for men 
um, to be able to support that kind of lifestyle. So to say that women were oppressed because they were in the home and because they were taking care of their families and the people that they love is really misguided and it's insulting uh, to, you know, to the women who raised all these beautiful people around the world. Um, women have always been strong. Women have always been powerful. Uh, women have changed nations. And just because we've done it quietly and maybe not on center stage and maybe did it through our husbands or our fathers or our brothers or our uncles doesn't mean that we didn't have power. It just means that our power is different than the power that men have. And in general, just because men and women are different doesn't mean that those differences are bad. It does not make women inferior to men because we are uh, maybe less physically strong. And it doesn't make men inferior to women because they're not as as good at um, being maybe empathetic or emotional. You know, um, in general, I believe that feminism is really a hateful ideology that is meant to control women um, through these very negative things. They keep thinking that they're fighting for freedom, but point one, we have the same rights as men. And the right to vote, which is really the biggest right that everybody yells about, how feminism helps um, women vote, hasn't really done anything great for us. Nothing. That's okay. got us into the slave nest. Well, I mean, right. that's the big ruse of feminism is it was a political manipulation, like one of the main goals of which was just to get women out of the home so they could work in the economy for, for fake play monopoly money. And pay and, more taxes. Yeah, so and like how, how is that helpful to anybody, especially when they're going to blow children up with the taxes from that money? Like, right. If you, and, if, uh, it's really just shifted the, shifted the responsibility from men and from husbands and fathers and brothers um, who are family members. I mean, these aren't, these aren't some you know, crazy rapists out there that are trying to oppress women. I mean, the, the men that women have always been surrounded by is their fathers, their brothers, their grandfathers, and their husbands or boyfriends or whatever it is, their significant others. So it's not like every single man in a woman's life is this terrible oppressor. Um, they most of the time try to protect them. Yes, there are abusers out there. Yes, there are bad people, but that's really the difference. The difference isn't whether they're male or female. The difference isn't whether they're black or white or um, any of the other straight or gay whatever those dividing agendas say. Really, the only difference between people is whether you are a bad person or you are a good person. And that is the only qualification that we really need to look at. Are you moral or are you immoral? Do you do things with consent or do you do things against free will? Wow, that is very, very well put. Especially, I mean, you would have made Mark Passio cream his pants saying something like that because... At the uh, Free Your Mind 4 conference, he actually gave a speech about the dark side of females and how they're mind-controlled in our society and about, you know, fallacies with the feminist fake freedom movement. And mm -hmm. one of the th specific things he said was that a lot of modern women, when they uh, try to find a mate, they will have these totally programmed ideas of what a valuable mate is. And one of the main ones that he identified was how tall you are. And he was like, why is it not? Do you know the difference between right and wrong? Why is that not the first thing that you try to find out? 
Yeah, yeah, I saw I saw that talk. It was great. I um Mark is such an inspiration. When I discovered his work last summer, and God knows why it took me so long, um, because I watched his natural law seminar. And over the next few days after that, I felt everything in my mind rearrange and reorganize itself. And all of the things that people constantly told me like, oh, Anastasia, the world is not black and white. And you just can't expect people to have these, you know, to meet these high standards that you have. And, you know, you have to be a little bit more um, forgiving of these, you know, activities that people choose to do. And I was always like, no, like, if you're a bad person, I'm not going to, like, it, yes, there is a place for forgiveness. Absolutely. And that's definitely a lesson that I learned, and it's beautiful, and it's wonderful. And when you're wrong, and, you know, you should apologize, and you should definitely forgive people when they actually accept their mistakes and mm -hmm. say that they're going to change it, right, and change it. And, um, but he just rearranged my mind and put it all in and took away those cobwebs that people tried to put on me into my mind and tried to like blur the lines and erase the truth. And he reorganized it. So I have a lot of respect for Mark. Um, he's a little bit intimidating as well, but I'm really excited because I actually went out to one of his local events here in Philly. He is Philly based and so am I. And I'm also going out and I will be, um, doing some martial arts training with him and a couple of the other anarchist friends here in Philly wow. as well. So I am really honor. excited about that. I'm also very nervous because he is so intelligent and so righteous and moral that like that's definitely a standard that you you know you you want to live up to. Um, and uh, thank you for the compliment because that means a lot. <laughs> oh, I think you're living up to his expectations easily. <laughs> Doing the great work. You've, you finally stepped up and you've been stepping up. And uh, that's really what Mark just wants. He just wants other people to help out with. So the weight isn't completely on his shoulders. Because, you know, on his podcast, you would sometimes, he would get uh, very emo emotionally, usually anger, which was inspiring. It was always inspiring hearing his rage outbursts. <laughs> but... It's not even rage. It's it's passion, and and sometimes it is righteous anger. Um, but more than that, it's this this desire for people to be awake and be happy, and that's really all we want. We just want people to be awake and free and happy. Like that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. It's what we yes. should all strive for, and it's beautiful because. Because when people are free, just all of these magical things happen. We, we create the most wonderful things, the most wonderful ideas. And are so just, just the human race constantly amazes me. And there are days when I totally hate us, really hate us. But, but then I get over it. And then, and then I remember and realize all the beautiful people that are in my life and all the beautiful people that are out there doing great works. And um, you all of a sudden get so inspired by them. I'm so inspired by this community and constantly and so inspired by all this new knowledge that's coming out. Um, we truly are in the age of information and information is power and that power needs to be turned into action, which is what Mark is doing and what's, what it was what Mark is teaching as well. Right. One of his ideas was wisdom means action based on truthful knowledge. So yeah. a wise person you can recognize by the beneficial actions that they take in the world and the truthful words that they say. Yeah. Mark Passio is especially an inspiration because 
he sort of came you know without much help he did, he was just wanted to see the world change and then he took responsibility and took action and he was never invited onto mainstream tv and he was never given you know a lot of help i mean bob tuscan helped him out because bob tuscan recognized how important the message was but passio he 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 came to know the truth and then he came to realize that he has to take action and he was just an, a normal looking guy you know, nothing fancy like you would see on the people on TV. It's all about looks and presentation. I mean, he did an amazing job with it, and it resonated so well with me, you know, just that it got me going on the great work, and that's how he made such a significant impact into the world. I mean, it's that's what's inspiring about Mark Passio is he started the Free Your Mind Conference, and, you know, there was like 500 people there this year. Yeah. And... Anastasia was there and now me and Anastasia are doing a podcast and I, I just channel Mark Passio's verbatim words through everywhere I go. I just, I repeat oh. them and that's all you got to do. No, you don't, you don't have to change the truth. The truth is the truth. You just have to speak it. Like I said, it, you know, all of these principles are very, very simple. It's all, it's all very, very basic. It's like the foundation of our universe, the foundation of our reality. So everything that Mark says is everything that all of us are going to repeat. Because it is the truth, and the truth is unchangeable. And the fact is, he, he's, he's become a very authentic human being. He is his authentic self. And um, I think the most inspiring thing about him is, because he was um, in the Satanic Church, and because he unknowingly, for a lot of it, um, a lot of his time within the Satanic Church, unknowingly did these things that he didn't realize were really bad and really wrong, he repented for them. He realized what was happening. He understood that he was wrong. He admitted it. He went out there. He changed himself. He worked really hard. And then he turned around and he spread all of the truth to the people. And those are the people that inspired me the most. Those are the, the soldiers that go into the military and do terrible things. And then they come out on the other side and they say, oh my God, what I did was terrible and wrong. I'm going to convince everybody else not to join the military. I am going to speak out against it. I'm going to say that, no, we cannot go over there across the ocean and murder innocent people. That's not okay. What I did was wrong, and I don't want anybody else to repeat the same mistakes as I do. And the same thing with anybody who's doing something immoral or violent or, or evil. If you, if you understand and you come to the awareness that you're doing it, and you stop doing it, and you turn around, and then you make up for that karma that you racked up, that is one of the most admirable things and heroic things that I've ever seen humans do. Oh, yeah. That's the universal process of forgiveness is once you stop doing the wrong behavior, then everything gets better. And if you start doing things that help other people not to do that behavior – and you uh, just, you know, benefit other people emotionally and physically, you know, whether that means feeding them or talking to them, that's the only way to change the world. And everybody has so much power to do that, that um, there's no reason not to. I mean, once you start doing it, that's when your life really actually becomes enjoyable because you actually feel like you're making some sort of progress in your karma and in reality. Like it, I, the system, of course, will tell you that that's nonsense because you didn't make any money, but fuck the system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's not it's not about making money, it's about creating value. Money is just a tool that measures value. And it's it's manipulated and controlled by the Federal Reserve and by um, this global financial system that they're trying to create. Um, but at, at the core of things, it's not money is not evil. The love of money is evil. Well, if we say and you know, be obsessed with it. <laughs> yeah, if we if people would see money for what it is which is uh, just an idea and it's not real. It's just bits in a computer and, you know, if you want to use that in a consensual way, that's fine. I, don't, I personally don't think it's even necessary in the ultimate long run. But, I mean, we're so far away from that that, you know, if I could just get off Fed Reserve notes, like if you take the analogy of money being a tool, like mm -hmm. the money system, the tool we're using now is like, you know, they've got samurai swords now, super sharp samurai swords like Bitcoin and things beyond Bitcoin. They're, they're like the well-tempered samurai sword or, or beautiful instrument that's well-tuned. And we're, right now, everyone's trying to, uh, you know, cut a watermelon with like a rusty nail or something. <laughs> like the, the Fed Reserve is like the ultimate wrong. It's true. It's a really outdated tool that was really just designed for our enslavement, you know. Monopoly money. So we got to get off of that. And, uh, yeah, but the exchange of value is real. Everything in the universe must be exchanged. Um, energy must be, you know, if energy is taken, then it must be given back in some way. And you can do it whichever way you want. You can do it through Bitcoin. You can do. You can even do it through dollars. You can do it through exchanging goods or services, exchanging knowledge. If I bring something valuable to your life, the usual universal expectation is that you're going to also bring something valuable back and not necessarily back to me, but maybe back to somebody else. Yeah. And, uh, these energetic, you know, energetic exchanges happen all of the time. They do. One of the ones that I like to do, I like to give the stuff that I make away just because I know people don't even have money and they don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I make a lot of organite and I know how powerful it is for EMF and other transformation and it gets energy flowing and it, I make a bunch of it and I just give a lot of it away a whole lot of it because I'm like I don't want to try to get money out of you because then you're probably not you know it's just a buzzkill I think it's <laughs> <laughs> like why don't you just take this man it'll make me feel better than trying to get something for it yeah there's always definitely a place for gifting as well gifting absolutely is very very beautiful too they are well Sounds like we're kind of slowing down a little bit, Anastasia. I think this was a very good uh, episode one of Nathan's Freedom Zone with Anastasia. Maybe there will be more in the future if we're lucky. But <laughs> That was really great. I'm, I'm glad I came out and did this. I think we covered a lot of great topics. And um, wow. I, hope, I hope some of the things that I said either inspires somebody out there or teaches them something new. Or um, you know, or motivates them to take action within their life and to um, to improve themselves, to better themselves. And you know, if you um, are so inclined to put my information somewhere into your podcast, you guys are more than welcome to contact me on Facebook. It's Anastasia Lady Anarchy, and um, you're gonna need the spelling for that. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but you know, if you wanna get involved in some of the projects that I'm in, come to the end that block party. Uh, help out the Cubans or the Venezuelans or even, you know, come check out some of the products that um, I share and sell and the business that I'm involved in. You guys are more than welcome to. I'll, I'll talk to anybody as long as you're respectful, you know, and 
and don't uh, devolve into too many personal attacks. <laughs> of course not. And it's uh, just doing the great work. That's what we're here to do. So there's no reason not to reach out to us if you have if you need help or questions or everything. One thing that you've really helped with Anastasia by being on this podcast, I mean, me and you just talking, of course, improves both of our karma and both of our understanding. And we get practice putting this into words and yeah. it, it feels good just to let it out. But another thing that you helped with is to validate everything that I've been saying on this podcast for the last uh, four or five months since I started it. Like I've been going on and on and on and on about Mark Passio and natural <laughs> law and truth and justice and freedom this whole time. And I've had quite a few uh, guests and stuff, but every time somebody just nails it on the Mark Passio, like this week, my friend Chance, me and him nailed it on Interverse podcast. So it's like we're like the, the next wave of freedom truth tellers and I have listeners who listen regularly and they'll hear this and they'll be like, yeah, uh, these people are really, really onto something. Cause, uh, if, if this wasn't true, then how could, how could he have even pulled off getting these guests to all talk about Mark Passio? I mean, there's yeah. gotta be something to it now. Yeah. And it's always, you have to, you know, you have to take a look at the information and you have to, um, you have to use your critical thinking skills and also your energetic being to, to see which parts are true and which parts are not. Um, one of the things, most important things that I learned throughout my spiritual and energetic work is uh, discernment. And discernment really means, you know, picking apart lie from truth. And it's looking and feeling and hearing and using all of your senses and all of the knowledge and information that you have, um, you know, in your mind and connecting it all together and seeing which parts make sense and which parts don't. And usually the parts that make sense are the ones that are peaceful, the ones that are consensual, and the ones that are based in free will. So if you're seeing something that's based in free will, most of the time it's going to be true. And a lot of times it's hard to have good discernment if you don't have good information in the first place. So mm -hmm. if you're not doing the first step of the trivium of taking in input from a wide variety of eclectic sources, you know, reading all types of books about what's going on in the world, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, that's how people end up with bad discernment. Like in America, because they trained us to just watch TV and not read books, then it's like, how can anybody be expected to have good discernment when it isn't even based on anything other than what they hear at church, which there's some good stuff at church. Like if people would just, you know, do unto others as you would have done unto you, but then the mind control comes in unless you're a cop or unless you're, unless it's against the law or unless you're gay or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, um, I, uh, had the, uh, um, I guess, I guess it was a pleasure. He was, he was nice. Um, but I had the pleasure of hanging out with a congressman and, you know, we stopped by the bar cause he wanted to buy us some drinks and some, you know, appetizers. And uh, we walked in there with my friend, and his, my friend forgot his ID at home, so they kicked us out. But then the congressman came in and convinced them that we should still, you know, be at the bar even though we don't have our ID. And then, um, you know, all of them were drinking, and then he drove home. So it's almost like, why is it that these laws apply to us, but they don't apply to the politicians? It's exactly the same thing. No matter who's drinking and driving, it's still dangerous. It's still, there's a possibility that it's going to hurt somebody. And yeah. it's going to have a set of rules for 
some people, and then the congressman walks in and says, oh, no, it's fine. Like, he doesn't have his ID. He's with me. Well, then that's also kind of, you know. And in a free society, you can take care of problems like that without there having to be some central authority making up an arbitrary one-size-fits-all solution of, well, everyone has to have a state ID, and then everyone has to be exactly 21 or above. And that's how we're going to take care of the problem of, of people using alcohol in a dangerous way. I mean, you, we can take care of this just fine without a bunch of order-following Nazis Tobacco, alcohol, TAF, or whatever they call it, tobacco, alcohol, firearm, Nazis. I mean, if we do... Or not a government organization. What? Is that it should be a convenience store, not a government organization. Tobacco, yeah. alcohol, firearms. Yeah, that's right. It's a convenience. <laughs> good one. That's a good one-liner. <sighs> yeah. Well, maybe we'll leave it at that. So, uh, another amazing episode of... Nathan's Freedom Zone. Let's all send Anastasia some really uh, loving and positive energy from the future. You know, a little meditation. <laughs> Thank you. And and I'm sending you fun. energy, and here it all comes from the future listeners. And me too. Don't forget me. So. <laughs> Never. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, take care, Anastasia. <laughs>